Blau und weiß sein Leben lang. Herzlich willkommen zurück auf Shark America. Welcome to episode 200. Seven long years. We are a very professional podcast with two clowns as a host. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me as always, my co-host, the voice, Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack? Celebratory firework background, apparently, as well for the 200th episode. So um, right. it, it feels like the count should be more than that, given how long we've been doing this. But <laughs> yeah. um yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I trust your accounting. But anyway, no, this, this is a, it's a joyous occasion. It's a pleasure to have been uh, doing this with you for as long as we have, although uh, I haven't been on recently as much, uh, <laughs> given the lack of ability, some of these games, some of my illnesses and then some travel stuff. But um, nice to be back with you this evening. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, it's been a crazy season. Uh, it's okay. You haven't, been, you haven't been here lately? Shaka hasn't showed up lately, so it kind of works out, right? Uh, but no, I've been, I've been pretty good, man. And uh, yeah, the seven years we're in our seventh season 200 episodes or plus minus 30 who knows uh it's been fun it's been a wild ride lots of ups lots of downs um i was actually gonna look up the statistic before this but uh, i never got around to it seeing how many losses wins losses and draws we've been a part of but uh maybe we maybe it's for another podcast another time right uh let's see let's get promoted first but uh yeah uh we thought uh as uh, a way to celebrate you know we get tired of hearing each other's voices. You know, we thought let's bring in someone else to, to liven up the mood here. Um, reach out to our discord, to our, to our, our great fans, great support. And, uh, gonna have a, a guy who I've been talking to a long time. Uh, we call him Eric Z German, but Eric, welcome to the podcast. How are we doing? My friend doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be good fun. Happy victory Monday. Oh, Wafflo knows he knows it's a victory Monday. It's what better way to celebrate episode 200 than, the victory monday uh on a monday jack we're actually on a monday yeah, yeah, not, not, not a victory monday on a wednesday or whatever else we do yeah actually uh timely for once which is good to see yeah yeah and it's nice to get a victory um boys uh we won four three this weekend uh eric we were talking about before this before the podcast crazy result i mean uh, you know look at here the score four to three uh kanaka had two goals early in the first half hour uh polter pulled one back before halftime muller got an injury Coming out the half, uh, Durkin had a Merkin had a nice goal. Uh, Derry Merkin, uh, they made it three-two. A couple minutes late after that, Oyan beautiful free kick to make it three-three, and then Poulter get the game winner in the 79th on a penalty. Crazy game. I mean, anybody watching this game, it just ups and down. I mean, to go down, Eric against Magdeburg. I mean, I mean, I saw how the Discord chat was going during the game. Not the ideal way to start a game against a team who is in the top, you know, top five or whatever in the league and one of the few undefeated teams at that point. What, were, what was going through your head at, at when you see the team go down 2 nothing that early? Um, you know, it partially was, wasn't um, unexpected. I mean, yeah. we did see Magdeburg, you know, the, the week before and Hatsa kind of duke it out. It was, you know, first, you know, it was a tennis score, basically 6-4, right? I mean, it was uh, not, not a lot of defending there. Uh, so you did know that they have some goals in with our defensive frailties, uh, particularly in transition. Um, it's been our struggle for the last good four or five weeks now, <laughs> probably since you know, probably since Braunschweig too. Yeah. Um, you just weren't completely surprised that you can put yourself in that position. 
Um, the goals were really unfortunate how they came. I mean, Moe makes a really good save on the second goal. I mean, a really great save. Like, oh, okay, good. Now just somebody clear. Oh, no, there he is from 17 yards out and then perfectly placed shot in the corner, right? So um, 2 nothing down at home on a Friday, you know, on, on a Saturday night, like prime time. You're like, this, is, this isn't great. This is not great. No, not at all. And uh, Jack, we joked about after that 6-4 scoreline last week that, hey, we'll probably see another nine goals in this game. Jokingly, we probably said, right, you know, Magdeburg will probably get the majority of that. And you're going to go up. They're going up 2 nothing. We're like, oh, God, here we go. But seven goals in this game. We end up winning this game. Um, defense obviously was optional for both teams. It seems like, uh, like Eric said, it's kind of to be expected that we're, you know, we were going to give up goals. And, and obviously, Magdeburg's given up a lot of goals this year. Uh, but I don't think... You and I would have predicted a four-three scoreline in the uh, out of this game. I mean, what, what were your thoughts when you saw this final scoreline here? Well, to Eric's point, you know, talk about <clears throat> transition uh, being an area of weakness for us, and yeah, it seems like whenever people get ahead of steam against us, uh, the lack of athleticism from our center backs at the moment in terms of who we have is is kind of a problem. We're probably a little bit better when we can actually set up shop in front of somebody um, and, and defend it that way. But when, yeah, I mean, Baumgarl and Kuminski at times were uh, getting caught out. I think like what two of the three goals were probably um, in that kind of a situation, which was really the second one. But um, I think the thing that struck me too was was uh, the ease with which the first two goals were taken by Magdeburg. Like I very very similar, just like you know, picks out a spot, gently strokes in the corner. These are not like frantic moments. They they, they have time, the space, you know, to kind of stroke these things home, and that's it's not great. Um, how many times also have we seen? Um, this is going back to last year as well, I think, at times under, under Rice. But um, the amount of space people have around the edge of the box to get on a ball and take a shot, uh, we just do not close people down. And there's way too many free shots taken. And so, you know, like, I don't know. On the second goal, there's still a lot to be done. It's, you know, it's from outside the box. You have to shoot through some traffic. But um, if you give somebody that kind of space to to measure it up and, and place it where they want to, they can they can hurt you. So, um yeah, it seemed from the uh, from the limited highlights I was able to watch. It's yeah, it did not seem like a great start, um, especially after the international break too. When there's you know, there's, there's all this turmoil going on beforehand, a couple of weeks away, kind of calm things down, maybe reset the narrative a little bit, and kind of come out with a show of force. Um, and I think you know that must have been pretty difficult uh, in the Veltman's Arena early into that match. Um, uh, you know when we went down two nil, uh, so it's kind of right back into the into the fire where we were before the international break started. And it doesn't help. I mean, when one of the best goalkeepers in this fight, the Liga, Marius Muller, goes down with an injury, and Langer comes in, and we, you know, we love Langer, but he is what he is. He's not. He's just a backup goalkeeper. He'll provide some brilliance occasionally, but also some. He'll show that he is a, a backup goalkeeper, and he's coming in there. And we're already down two one at this point. Schalke find a way to to come back in this game, Eric. Um, what were the I guess highlights in terms of the players for you in this game? Because I mean, obviously Poulter's going to get the to highlight it for for two goals but i mean the youngster odraogo had a really really good game and some other play, players stood out well, what was your was highlight? Like one of the, the first thing i, kind of, I saw at the, the beginning of the when i saw the lineups that he was kind of you know either nine or a half or ten almost like a little bit of a free roll it was like okay just let him play give him the ball let him do something um drive strong with the ball he, he did that a, f- a few times um yeah. it's nice to see it's nice to see that they trust him he's going to get fouled a lot though which um, at his young age may not be ideal for his career, yeah. um, right? I mean, 17 years old, I mean, I wouldn't say Michael Owen, but that's kind of where it started, right? Yeah. Um, I did I did like Merkin. 
Um, I haven't seen much of him, uh, so this is this is kind of the first game I've actually seen a good bit of him. Um, obviously, scored a very nice goal coming off the left. Um, beautiful shot, good positioning. Can't complain there. Obviously, the, there's a collectively. I think they pressed pretty well. Um, yeah, was the first the first goal that they actually got was from their pressing. I think they still struggled. Probably those th- first 35 minutes were still dire. I mean, there, there was yeah. no, there was no concept. There was um, the best that they could kind of come up with was um, just hit a long ball and hope that Poulter wins a header, have somebody knock it down. Uh, no combination play, just you know, how hook, you know, like just hit it long and and hope for the best, right? So yeah, I, I did. I think those those two, I think I, I did enjoy um, seeing for the first time, you know, in, in, in some nice spots on the field. Jack, anyone else stood out uh, for you? I mean, uh, you and I were talking, and I thought, you know, Odrago certainly playing above his, his age for sure and his experience and really doing a really great job. But, I mean, it's nice to see. Uh, is it safe to say that we're getting a Thomas Oyon from two years ago and not from last year? Or is it a little too early to say that yet? So real quick question for both of you, because once again, I was only able to see kind of limited highlights from this game. And so from that, uh, in terms of like a shape, it wasn't as particularly clear how we were lining up. Was this more of a, a 4-3-1-2 with Oya Dryogo kind of behind like a, like a, almost like a partnership of like what Merkin and, and, and Poulter? Was this more of kind of like a 4-3-3 with like Merkin kind of playing wide combination of both? I don't know. A little bit more 4-2-3-1. Okay. I think. Yeah. Poulter was probably a little. That's I think one of his things. I mean, he was he was very isolated um, for a lot of the, a lot of the games, so not a lot of playing off of him. So they just tried long balls. But um, was it Seglin and who was the other? Um, Temple played a double pivot, and again in the first half they it did not work. Yeah, more also defensively didn't really help out right to that first goal that kind of gave away the ball for Ganaka and he could score that goal. But I, I, I like the was adjustment. That, was that a miss hit or did he just not see where the defender was at all and thought he was playing it like to his? I mean, because that was. Pretty I'm sure poor. he didn't. I'm sure he. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't realize that the player was on him. Uh, the guy got him real quick, really well done by Ganaka, and then puts it, you know, slots at home, you know, places a shot. I think to, to be a score, by the way, likewise did not make any effort to close down on the second yeah. goal. Um, yeah. I think I think Templeman was maybe a little bit deep in the box and could have stepped out as well. But to be as more was just standing there watching the play happen once again. So I mean, arguably, uh, you know, to, at least to some extent, to blame for two of the first um, goals for them, and that's unfortunate because I know he was talking a lot, you know, beforehand about like trying to make the most of his opportunities, gets the starting, you know, thing here, and then causes some issues for us. Yeah, and I think I think Rice learned his lesson from the, the last time Merkin played, and Merkin played as a left back in the last game. Yeah, he looked great going up forward with the ball, but defensively he was horrid and really was a reasonable kind of like we lost that last game we played. Um, so nice to see Oyan back in his left back position and Merkin pushed up a little bit more. The nice goal, well taken you know, to Eric's point, I thought, and uh, even in the game, I thought in transition both Seguin and, and Templeman had some nice assists in this game, kind of feeding their the attack there. But uh, yeah, it's uh. Overall, you thought it would have been easy, right? They end up getting a red card before that penalty. Uh, Heber gets a second yellow, gets a, gets a red card, and you think, oh, we're just going to see it on out. But uh, it was we needed a, a, a longer goal line save in the dying minutes of, of stoppage time to get this victory. But uh, a win is a win. Um, we ended their undefeated streak. We're, I think we're back up to like 12th position or something on the table. Um can't take a really a break now because we got St. Pauli coming up this weekend. St. Pauli is obviously going to be in the in the running for promotion this year. 
Uh, not certainly easy, but I guess um, you know, without with with the news of Marius Muller being out now and Fairman's not quite ready to start yet. Uh, well, at least as of today, right? He could still get healthy by the end of the week, but uh, looks like it's probably gonna be longer going into the weekend. Eric, um, how do you feel going into the St. Pauli matchup? Obviously, some of our players are starting to come around. Maybe Poulter gets into the start here. With even, and I don't know if Toronto's gonna be quite healthy just yet. Uh, two goals obviously look good, but. There are some weaknesses. Obviously, the defense is a weakness. And now we got you know our backup goalkeeper starting this one, but potentially. How do you feel? What's your confidence level going into this game? Mixed. I mean, you can still sense um, it's not going to be as open. Obviously, um, San Paulo is not going to be as just as wide open as Magdeburg is. So, I mean, yeah, you see, yeah. um, you know, I'm kind of curious to see if, if and when Cissé comes back. I think Kaminsky did an okay job. I think, again, I don't know the Thomas Kalas, the other defender that we just got. We haven't seen him yet. I don't know if they're going to bet him in anytime soon, but I still don't defensively see a, a, a solid concept yet as to how, they're, how they are defending um, with the ball or without. Uh, it's, um, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, honestly to say that, I mean, usually you can identify this is how they're defending as a unit and you don't see it. You don't see one person say, okay, pressure on the ball versus stay with the man. You don't see it. So um, I don't think it'll be as frantic. So I think you have the opportunity there to be a little bit more solid. Maybe if you play the double six, defend as a six pack, but they need to work on their transitioning defensively because otherwise even some probably will fall apart. I mean, we want to take the glass out full, right, Jack, and say, hey, you know, the transition game, the midfield to the attacking, we scored four goals in this game. It was a better game, but again, Magdeburg's been giving up a lot of goals this year, so maybe yeah. we can't rely on that, right? Um, no, yeah, it's it's like almost the biggest transition between opponents you can you can think of. They're in a very similar position <laughs> in the table in terms of like how they're performing yeah. overall, but they're doing it in opposite opposite ways. Magdeburg is you know scoring a lot of goals, conceding a lot of goals, and St. Paul just has this way so far this season of of grinding everything to a halt and and making yeah. it you know is not particularly exciting in terms of ultimately what's. Getting up there on the score sheet, so three um, goals allowed this year for for St. Paul. Yeah, um, and you know only eight only eight scored. Hopefully that means they'll give our defense a little bit of a break. Yeah. Um, I think it, you know, given how how solid they've been, it, it's probably going to be um, necessary that like somebody like Oedraogo has a big game in terms of being able to beat people on the dribble potentially and then pull people out of their shape. Um, because I don't know if we're going to be able to you know pass around them in general, obviously outside of transition moments like we were just talking about. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see a lineup with, with some, some people that can make something happen on the dribble. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully the, uh, the Merkin thing, if he continues to be in the lineup is going to be positive for us to, you know, get some offensive reinforcements as well. Yeah. And, uh, Eric, I'd like to get your thoughts on this because we, Jack and I have talked about, you know, one, our feeling on Cisse. I think, you know, Cisse got kind of got thrown into the fire. Start against Hamburg is never an easy feat, especially for a rookie. And, yeah, you want to compare Cisse being a rookie with Odraogo, but it's different for an offensive player versus a defensive player, especially with a guy, a guy like Glatzel, who's one of the best scorers in this fight, the Liga. What are your thoughts on, on Cisse? Do you think he deserves another shot? Do you think he should be let, let to waste? What, what? How do you feel about the youngster? I mean, I think... It's kind of a weird one, right? Because, I mean, Rice did yeah. have the confidence in to start him from, from, from the beginning, right? So, I mean, he sees what's happening in the field. He sees what happened in preseason. I mean, I, I know some of the other players weren't there yet. Um, he, Rice did make a mistake, though, when he got that first yellow card and said, okay, this isn't on today. Um, yeah. He should have pulled him at that point. Not 
you know, I, I know he's trying to save him from from his confidence or whatever. From you know, hey, you're getting you're getting the hook here, but is it worse that then you get a red card, you lose the game, and your suspension? <laughs> yeah, you know. So I mean, like, and your confidence, I, right? I mean, in terms of confidence, you give up another goal, but you play. I don't. I don't know. So I like him. Um, I think generally speaking, I mean, he's, he's physical. I think when he's on the ball, I'm sorry, he makes good solid decisions um in the, in the times i see him i think the the game that i, I saw him watch the whole thing was the, the game against copenhagen i thought he was um he made some good good decisions yeah. i think he, he looked like the leader of the the back line um but that that hamburg game was not his i would agree with those sentiments i think jack and i both but we both felt that way and uh you know we've seen at least for the last several games it's been kaminsky and Baumgartel and you know this is at least my opinion. I'm Jack and curious on your thoughts. I've liked Kaminsky. I've, I've liked him since he's been on the team. And, you know, what he did two years ago, he was pivotal in terms of the, what he brought to the, the back three that we had. And he has his uses, but I think both he and Baumgartel, this Baumgartel is not doing it for me. I mean, he and maybe it's just, you know, recent memory, right? But it seems like he's always left out of position now that every game that he started, um, he and Kaminsky together just seem not to gel at all. And I, I, not that I'm going to say I want Cissé back just yet. Eventually, I, I do want to see him play, but maybe I'll see what this Kalash guy has, right? Maybe it's uh, Kalash and Cissé. I don't know, but I don't know if I'm ready for that at St. Pauli just yet because St. Pauli, like Hamburg, are teams who can punish you, Jack. So what are your yeah. thoughts on the defense? Are you want to stick with them? How, how do you feel about those back two? I mean, it's, it's always difficult because, like, once again, it's a thing like we're not in training to see how these things are going because there could be reasons people aren't getting opportunities. Yeah. But in general, I mean, going back to the conversations we've had a lot this season, we talked about, you know, our return to the second division. And I talked about how I think the squad is weaker. Yeah, there's there's some elements of that, like Salat Sartre and all of those kinds of people. But a lot of the focus, a lot of the highlight was on the fact that we had, like, you know, a partnership of Chow and Itakura, which is yeah. just significantly stronger than, than what we have going on at the moment. Um <clears throat> I don't remember if anyone was injured early in the season, which is why CC got that start. But assuming that wasn't the case, to the point that both of you just kind of made there, like clearly there was a reason why he had been handed that in the first place. It wasn't like, hey, first game of the season, let's just give it to a youngster for the hell of giving it to a youngster. I don't think a coach would do that. I mean, I think there was obviously a reason why the guy was in the starting lineup. Didn't go well, um, but I don't think that's a reason to necessarily never go back to this guy again, particularly when we've seen you know the current combinations aren't working. Baumgart was brought in to try to help bolster this and maybe settle down a little bit hasn't happened yet um i think the athleticism as we've already talked about on this podcast is a huge issue cse is somebody that can potentially paper over a little bit of that um it's probably maybe a better partner in terms of balancing that deficit out um compared to like a bomb guard or with a kaminsky um so i mean i don't know yeah I, th- I think you keep looking for for answers i think you rotate people in every once in a while and see what gels i mean if you want to put in college or something like that as well i mean go for it i mean that person has experience too um yeah. to some extent so um yeah, I'm definitely open to some rotation and, and trying out some additional combinations. I don't think it has to be this Kaminsky Baumgartner answer forever. But you know, Eric made a great point too. Is that like you know, last year with Rice, we saw a definitive idea of what the team wanted to do defensively. They were one of the best defensive teams last year in the, in the second half of the season, which you know, I think was eighth best record in the second half of the season, which they nearly survived relegation. Uh, but this year, it just for not. And usually, it's like. When you're when you're in the lower division, you usually have the the compactness, the the idea set, and then when you go up, you move up a, a league. That's when things kind of unravel because you don't know how to play, whether it's attack or defensive minded. It's the opposite for Schalke. We got relegated, and, and it seems like we lost our ideas defensively. Uh, Jack, what are your thoughts on 
what what's going on here with the lack of identity with this team, especially defensively, dropping down a league versus you know what we did last year. I mean, I wonder how much of it is that um, you, you know the focus when Rice came in last year was was trying to stop a runaway train essentially. And we had to shore things up on the defensive end to give ourselves any kind of platform and any chance to fight back. Um, and we had that whole streak of unbeaten games and everything. I think that was the focus early on. Um, and we had, I think, still enough offensive talent to kind of fill in the gaps if there wasn't a clear identity as much um, in terms of like Salazar and players still being around. Um, I think second division, once again, losing some quality in terms of the players at our disposal. Um, you have Poulter, you have Tirada. They can't, they can't get enough service. Um, we're missing Bolter on the left-hand side. He's huge for, for so much of what we did last year. Yeah. Um, in the last couple seasons, really, um, we haven't found a reliable replacement yet on the wings. Like, Kazuki hasn't panned out as promised. I think some of it's just personnel issues, to be honest. I mean, like, I'm not trying to take Rice off the hook, but I just mean, like, I, I, I'm less of, of the mind that we had, like, a definitive offensive identity last season necessarily anyway that was particularly, like, strong or worth investing in. I just think... Um, you know, we were kind of doing what we needed to do to survive, and then we've struggled to find solutions early on with with the new kind of change in, in squad and personnel and everything. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what's on the book in terms of potentially trying to make additional like loan signings or player signings in the winter. Uh, but Rice has to figure something out soon. I mean, like in players like Lasme, right? Like got brought in injured right away. So like some of it is like maybe things would be looking better if we had some some additional people at our disposal that were part of the plan to begin with. But um. Yeah, right. It remains to be seen from my perspective. Yeah, it, it can't. It can't just be Thomas Aouyan set pieces and. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Eric, what are your thoughts on? Uh, you know, obviously the Kanapa Chimita has had some, especially right now. The the talent is there. About giving some of these guys an opportunity in the league. Obviously, Kiki Top is a player. I thought I, I thought it played fairly well the last game uh, when he got some good minutes there. Uh, but some other there's some other youngsters that you know can get in the mix. Obviously, Oladarago is having a, a, a good season so far. Uh, do you want to see some more insertion of the Kanapa Shmita, or you think we just you know we got to figure it out with this you know this the team we have right now and and get some kind of identity? What are your thoughts? I mean, I think that's that's kind of what I was thinking though, because you're not going to have enough money to buy it together. Yeah. Right. You're not going to have enough money to to buy the the players that you actually are going to need. If you can find four, five, 18, 19, 20 year olds that are good enough to be, I mean, because their intent was to be in a Bundesliga squad. So they right. should, at this age, slowly but surely be already in a second Bundesliga squad quality. And I'm not thinking of any specific player. Right. Um, but it seems like we had, you know, a, a lot of talent, you know, like Merkant and Bujalab and Idrizi. And I mean, all the names that came through that we would see on the bench for like three years that never. Panda Bostogan. Bostogan, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, Everyone just, we ever hyped up never panned out. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, that's the case. And I think, um, what do you do? I mean, I think you just yeah. don't have enough money to buy it together. And that's the hope. I don't, I, but I don't see it right now. Yeah, no, I'm with you guys. Uh, some of the news that came out after the game. Marius Muller suffered a, ten, uh, a tendon rupture in the abductor area. The keeper's going to have surgery on Tuesday with tomorrow, and it should be out for several months. That is going to be a blow, obviously. Uh, hopefully, Fairman gets back soon. Uh, looking at Tarot and Karaman are running, are back in training, so that's good to see. Both those guys had slight injuries that they picked up. 
uh last to me as well he's back in training which will be good to have him back we need to have some of these depth players back uh going forward fairman trained individually today uh he was he's been suffering from an achilles tendon problem um he'll try to train with the team train with the team tomorrow but uh and just if he's not um they may look at uh they will not be looking at another goalkeeper here so it looks like they're going to say keep uh, michelle longer starting maybe maybe justin hickerin uh if they need be but uh they're going to wait till fairman gets healthy and then maybe insert him into the lineup there um <laughs> if you ever want to throw out a psyche of your team i think shaka did it today uh apparently uh they had a uh, training today some shooting drills uh seven minutes worth of shooting drills 40 attempts only four goals so if you want to psych out your opponents i think shaka are doing it very well there um and then last bit of news i got uh i would say polter made it into the uh 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 kickers uh top 11 uh this week with his performance two goals obviously um not sure how old Drago didn't make it but you know obviously guessing didn't get the assist there but uh yeah uh any final thoughts here on this uh after this game against magdeburg looking ahead to st Pauli, eric i'll go with you first no, I think I think we said that this this one was just going to be uh, an open game. This next one is going to be a tight one. Yeah. Jack. Yeah. Off key. Um, I, I'm I'm lagging horribly right now. By the way, so sorry if my internet connection is is uh is poor here. But um, uh, no, just that partially what you were saying a second ago. I'm I'm particularly anxious to get to get Lasby back because I forget I forget what, which match it was specifically, but um, when he scored the goal at the end of the game. That was yeah. one of the performances where you're looking at him and you're like, that's a guy who literally jumps off the screen in terms of some of the physical tools and other things that make him seem yes. like he is he is more competitive than this level. I'm not saying like entirely his entire game is more competitive than the second division. I'm just saying like when you look at a player like that, that was somebody that said like he can get a yard of space whenever he needs to. He can power by some people. He can open some things up for us. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so I, I hopefully he, he can get healthy for us soon and, and get back into the starting lineup or at least. Um, you know, coming on the bench with some fresh legs uh, late in games. Yeah. I think he was starting to look a little bit promising, and um, we need all the help we can get. I mean, hey, and if Poulter can, you know, if he continues to get some more minutes and, and takes advantage of him and gets some more goals, maybe he starts to start up here a little bit. Um, you know, Kabadai is coming on in some some minutes, and he's doing well. Had a nice long-range effort at one point. He did. He as did. a goal with Drago. Um, I, th- I, thought it was, it, I thought it was very fitting that, like, you know, Poulter has a, has a brace in this game. And that one performance, he's immediately like tied for the most goals for Schalke this season, which is not maybe the greatest <laughs> the greatest sign that you can do. I mean, six I games in only. That that being said, but still, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's not ideal. So yeah, no, no, not ideal at all. Uh, but it is what it is, right? Uh, so well, uh, that's not about the game. Let's let's get into a little bit about uh, Schalke and uh, and fandom, Eric. Um, we Jack and I, we obviously know each other, uh, and Eric, I, you and I, we've been chatting for a long time, but. Uh, for those who don't know who don't know you and uh, how you became a Schalke fan and all that stuff, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and how how you became a uh, a avid uh, Blues fan. Blues fan. Well, Blues fan. Also, my uncle is a fan, um, so I am my I'm, I'm personally not, but my my mom is from um, a town just south of the ugly city. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but only thirty minutes away is. Is is Schalke. So, um, you know, growing up, my uncle was was a big fan. My cousin's a big fan. Um, probably my first um, memory related to Schalke was obviously Saturdays. You know, it's the big games. It's obviously in the afternoons, and then you know, evening we had a family function, and um, 
Mein Onkel sagt zu mir, er sagt in German, like, geh mal gucken, ob die, ob die schwarze Fahne schon vor der Tür ist. Und ich sage, look, that translates to, go see if there's a black flag in front of the house, um, because we always put a black flag in front of the house if Schalke loses at, um, you know, 5.30, which would be, um, so it's like, and I opened the door, I was like probably five or six years old, and my aunt's like, what are you doing? Because she's also thinking like little kids walking in the street now, right? I was like, I'm looking for the black flag. He's like, oh, what'd your uncle do to you? Um, <laughs> so uh, that's probably my first memory. And um, so I moved to the States when I was a kid. I grew up in Frankfurt. And, um, you know, obviously at, the, at that time, we still didn't have, you know, internet wasn't a thing yet. And my, my great aunt would actually like cut out the back end of um, like the newspapers or or like a Sportler and something like send me the results like and then she'd put them all in an envelope and send them the results because like otherwise you you get like some you know you talk on the phone maybe once every two weeks or so but like but that's how you kind of follow it right yeah and then obviously you know internet and everything and then it became easier again but um yeah I've been been a fan for for a while now I'm a lot older than I, I, I love that just because especially because my story is so awful and boring in comparison yeah. it's just like uh fifa i don't know and like it's like that's not that's, that's a way cooler so i have some family history in germany but i have no right. ties to like schalke or anything specifically so yeah. um no that's that's a very cool right. my, story. my cousin sits um he's got season tickets he sits um on like the not cool but like just as the turn so probably about um even with the penalty spot on the i guess on the west side is where he sits okay so. Um, he's six eight, so I, you know every now and again you'll see him. Um, he could play keeper for us. Keeper. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's just you, know, you, have, you have nice memories. I mean, I've been to the stadium um, twice, um, once with the game, once without. I've been to the old stadium. Um, I've met the team randomly at the Düsseldorf Airport. Mm. Um, you know, they're going to training, and I was flying home back to the states. Who was on the squad back then? God, this would have been 2017. So we okay. were. Okay. That wasn't. So 16. Sorry, it's 2016. So it was. Um, no, it's reasonably recent. Um, the, the game that I went and saw, um, Raul was warm, warming up in front of me. Nice. That was nice. Um, that was Manuel Neuer's last home game. Wow. Before oh yeah. Done and um, before the game, um, Bordon had actually. Uh, announces retirement so there was a and he was injured or i don't remember if he was injured or, or suspended both both are plausible yeah uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> both are plausible but they had a big celebration for him kind of from the head of the game um so no that, that's you know, always nice memories um always like schalke um there was a time i was I was flying back from germany and the guy was wearing a schalke hat and i said oh look out and um, dude sits down next to me and he says to me, oh, I, I actually do work for Schalke. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he was, um, he was bringing a kid over to play some video game in, in a competition here in, <laughs> in Atlanta. And um, it was a good dude. And I told him, I was like, oh, you know, we, we come and watch soccer and here's my address. And, you know, this is where we watch soccer on Saturday mornings. He's like, yeah, if, if he does well, we'll, you know, we, we'll be able to come. But if he's not, then if he's already out of the – like, don't tell me, don't ask me what game it was that he was ranked in, but um, the Schalke's got a, a, apparently a very impressive esports program yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, here's all the spots. 
um, that you want to hit up in Atlanta, you know, food joints and you know, clubs and stuff like that. And the response was, uh, yeah, he's not 21. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's why I have to go with him because he's not. Uh, <laughs> right. We sold the League of Legends team, didn't we? Yeah, but the team got, came back, I think. Uh, uh, so, yeah, they had got rid of it. But then they kind of rebuilt the team, I think, again or something. Because I've still seen um, tweets about them, you know, doing whatever tournaments. But maybe not League of Legends, I guess. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah, your story is so fascinating. It's always here to hear these kind of stories because, like, you know, Jack and I started a little bit more bland, you know, comparatively, right? You know, I started following the team in you know 2005, 2006, which seems like just yesterday for us or for me. But that's you know almost twenty years now that I've been supporting Schalke. Um, and then uh, Jack, even since what what year was that for you? Like a couple years after, couple years after you. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, first, obviously, without like Fox getting the Bundesliga rights in the states initially and that kind yeah. of stuff. Gold TV for me, and so like I still feel like a, a brand new Shaka fan, but you know it's been it's been a while. It's been a while that it's a team. Obviously, not as long as you, Eric, and, and many others that uh, uh, listen to our show. So it's always great to hear these stories because everyone's got a story it's just like always, you. It's always interesting because I always ask that question: How does you know how does an American become a fan of any German team, right? And you know, is it an American player? Is it Gold you know, TV? Or, Gold TV? What, what is it, right? right. And, you know, especially when you meet some of the, the older guys, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, that was the closest team to where my military base was. Yeah. You know, like, so I've met a lot of Kaiserslautern fans and, in, in, you know, that are in their right 60s, on. right? Or Frankfurt fans or, you know, even Darmstadt now that, you, that they're back. Um, so we're all the, it was, it was always interesting to, to hear that. And they followed the team over the years. And you know, I always explain to them, like, oh, yeah, it's, look at all the Americans that have played there, you know? And it was like Tom Dooley and they're like, who's Tom Dooley? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Tom Dooley, but yeah. Jack might not know Tom Dooley, but I certainly do. <laughs> right, uh, you know Weston McKinney and uh, yeah. you know Jermaine Jones, obviously. Weston um, McKinney putting in master classes for Hoover right now. Put some respect. Yeah. <laughs> <his name>. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's amorphous. If he's playing with the with a good team, he looks decent. If he plays with a horrible team, he looks terrible. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. 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 So, my claim uh, to fame with my claim to fame with Weston McKinney is that uh, his, his mom when. Uh, U.S. men's national team was playing in uh, D.C. I guess I think it was against Cuba. Uh, Weston flew his whole well, Shaka flew uh, Weston McKinney's team, a whole family to the to the game, and so I was at a bar with Shaka, and so I got to meet his whole family and everything like that. And his mom was like absolutely loving my son, and like I saw him like having a ball there. So it was really nice okay. to meet the whole family. So it was really really cool there. And then obviously he goes into hat trick in that game, uh, and then I think that was after that he went over to Juventus. So um, yeah, no, no, fond memories of, of him. Uh, Matt says, uh, Dooley played for Shaka right before joining MLS. Yes, he did. Yeah. He did. So, uh, you're in uh, Atlanta, right? Uh, for, for those who don't know you, yeah, and it's uh, it's fun here. It's finally gotten a little bit cooler. It was swelteringly hot here recently. Um, yeah, here too. Expected <laughs> it was really, really hot. So, I'm kind of glad that I, I saw for the first time a high today that didn't peak 85. <laughs> nice. Talk to me real quick about Atlanta soccer culture and what you've seen um, in terms of like changes to that over the past, you know, well, I don't know, decade maybe, but you know, maybe like five, six years, especially with you know Atlanta United and their prominence and everything, and every, and now we've seen like the U.S. men, yeah, not, not, not men's national team, U.S. soccer in general, uh, you know, making the investment uh, down there. Well, I mean, it, there's always been a, a good youth soccer culture around Atlanta, so that that's always existed. Right on. Um, you know, a couple of my teammates, 
I used to play with. I wouldn't I say they were they were miles better than me. You know, became American national team players. The guy that's the technical director now at Atlanta United used to be a teammate of mine. Um, so there was always that there. But Atlanta is kind of a weird city because um, the majority of the people that are here, I would say, have been here less than 20 years. Right. So it, it, there's a lot of people that have moved here, and you, you know, you ask them, okay, what football teams were well, Buffalo because you know I'm. My dad's from Boat when I moved here, I was Buffalo. So, but I think with Atlanta United, I think because it's new, right? I think everybody kind of feels part of it. So I think it, it really does, you know, if you, if you are an Atlanta soccer fan, I think you do feel as though Atlanta United represents you. Whereas if you're a football fan, the Falcons may not because you came here 20 years ago and were already a Packers fan or a Rams mm, fan or whatever. Right. I mean, um, the culture is great. Um, I think, uh, you know, we have one of the highest turnouts. I want to say it's like between 48 and 50,000. Unreal. Um, Unreal. It's, it, it's amazing. I mean, it, it's completely different. There's um, always a good music scene that goes with it, you know, outside the stadium, inside the stadium. Um, like I went two, three weeks ago, I went um, and saw United um, went four nothing. That was a good game against uh, Nashville. I think they played, and, and then like uh, some of that capacity. I mean, that, that's partially like relative capacity of the stadium in terms of the attendance. But those are still that's still good numbers regardless. I mean, even though you have, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're especially talking like over fifty thousand, now you're approaching like. I go to DC United games. I see can hold her and stuff like that. So that's DC impressive. United gets like fifteen to eighteen thousand a game. They, I've never seen sure. a sell. They claim sellouts, but they don't have sellouts. Like fifty thousand. I don't even know what that would look like for for a soccer for a soccer game here in the states. So. That's amazing. To hear. Right. I mean, like, like it's, it's, there's always something like there's always some event that kind of they link it to. Um, uh, like, like I said, three weeks ago, I was there at halftime. They had Goody Mob came out. Um, you, and nice. CeeLo still looking good. And they did the <laughs> halftime show. It was almost like a halftime show. I mean, random, but it was it was just very Atlanta, right? Nice. Um, you know, and uh, they, they kind of do, there's a Sunday special sometimes where you have the afternoon MLS game. Um, game ends around 6 o'clock, so it's like 3.30, 4 o'clock kickoff, 6 o'clock, and then you walk over to the other stadium and watch the Hawks that have a tip-off. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, um, you know, I, I know we don't have the best sports culture here, um, reputation. I mean, we're Braves, obviously, with, with a good history, but right. Falcons one of the few teams that have not won the Super Bowl, so... Um, and kind of the change of the people moving here. I think um, Atlanta United's done a, a good job um, reaching out to all the communities and um, well represented. I think you see it in the, in the stadium. Yeah, I think I think the the movement in some of these cities, Atlanta, St. Louis, you know, obviously some of the the West Coast teams. You know, it's just really building that culture. Uh, Cincinnati's another one uh, where just like the the the, the culture just thriving. It wants to. It seems like U.S. soccer in general wants to explode, and then so many of those fans. Uh, come from other places and they support other teams. And now you see a lot of Bundesliga following, Bundesliga club following. And so you see all kinds of, I see Bundesliga teams, but also some Schweizer Liga followers and, and teams even like the Kaiserslauterns and um, some of these other teams that you know, support that. Uh, I saw a map that one of our friends and um, one of the other podcasts for, for German football, they put out of all a map of like where all the support is around the U.S. And it's just amazing to see that you wouldn't even think in almost every state there's some kind of support for some kind of a Bundesliga club, which is really good to see. And there's fan clubs popping up all over the U.S., right? Schalke certainly has them. Uh, the, our cousin city, which I will not mention, they have several as well, obviously Bayern and, and, and so on and so forth. So uh, 
the culture is really starting to thrive. It does help with having, you know, military people who lived overseas and, you know, got to see some of that over there and people, foreigners coming over here, expats coming over here. So, uh, yeah, soccer seemed to be really thriving and no better examples than Atlanta, right? 50,000 a game for for fans. That's uh, amazing to see. So, yeah, so, yeah. Go ahead. Fan. What's that? Still have not met a Hoffenheim fan. I, I, I don't know why. I have not either. I have not either. No, I don't there, I'm sure there are the somewhere, somewhere out there. Gotta be, gotta be somewhere. Right? So I'm not in a hurry to meet them, but you know, if, if I meet them, great. You know. <laughs> uh, anything else tonight? Uh, you guys, bunch. Anything you want to chat about, Eric? Before we get out of here. No, this was yeah. this was great fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, we've had over the years we've had so many guests. You know, whether it's you know Shaka helping us with Ektatsigui, uh, or you know we had you know. Obviously, uh, Phil Bonney and um, obviously Derek Rayon and, and other guests. Uh, you know, it's always good to have you know, anybody come on talk shock or just Buddhist League in general. Um, and uh, yeah, like Jack said, it's been a while since we've had someone on here, so it's uh, nice to spice it up just a little bit and uh, and see how things are going, right, Jack? Those those two go on the Mount Rushmore of bundesliga announcers for sure absolutely 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 as, as i've always said dude Derek Ray's such a good guy but yes. like just just a the genuinely good dude um but no seriously yeah th- thank you Eric, for, for joining us let's let's do it again sometime uh for sure and uh yeah thanks for being with us on the uh the 200th episode and on a victory monday no less uh positive start out of the international break here let's keep it going against st pally and hopefully it's not a snooze fest yeah, and uh, for all those on uh, our Discord who wanted to join us tonight and couldn't make it, uh, let's chat. Uh, maybe get a little video clip or something. We can put a little montage together on for our next episode because I know a lot of people wanted to jump on. Uh, but thanks to have Eric again. Eric, we've talked for a long time, so it's good to see your face and uh, yeah, talk nice a little shock here on the podcast. So, yeah. uh, tell uh, tell our listeners where they can uh, follow you on social media. I'm Eric the German. <laughs> this is how i know him <laughs> we're all fine books are sold you know there you go uh right uh jack uh, anything to plug or uh, if not uh we'll work on people uh, on social no media. just just a quick shout out for my uh my spicy boy carlos science picking up that dub uh at the singapore grand prix this past weekend Ferrari, uh, yeah. you know back-to-back polls for him and uh, gets a second win um and then carlando a little carlando action at the end of the race so yeah. um yeah, just enjoy that. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, you can find me at uh, JM Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. We're always going to find a way to plug uh, F1 into this podcast. Have always, to. Right? <laughs> have, have to, to. Have to. You can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-E. And more importantly, follow Shock America anywhere on social media. If you're on YouTube, definitely subscribe, like the videos, leave comments. It would help us a lot, a lot. And then for, if you're not in the Discord, get on the Discord. Good chat about Shock. And just and chat shit all the time about random shit, too. So, but... uh Definitely join it. Good people there. And uh, we'll have to have more more, more with the uh, Discord people here uh, in the near future. So uh, keep an ear out for that. But uh, 200 episodes come and gone. Let's go to another another 100, another 200 or whatever. Let's see how long Schalke stays around. <laughs> for Jack, for Eric, the German, and for myself, we'll catch you soon. Blue cow.